This is the Launchtime Podcast, hosted with NCIC, a 30-minute or so show about starting your own business, but fits in your lunchtime. Hence the name, Launchtime. Welcome, Nick. Hello, Lorenzo. We have today former Dutch Prime Minister Jan-Peter Balkenen in our studio. Former Prime Minister? I only know him as Special Advisor for ING and Ernst Young. Ernst Young, exactly. That, that He wears many hats. He does a lot of things. Um, but he's also the chairman of the International Advisory Board, the IAB, which gives advice to the city of Rotterdam uh, on all kinds of subjects. And this year it was culture and cultural resilience. Yeah, and that was part of the the theme of the Venture Cafe event. It was hosted all day at uh, the end of September. At the this end of year, September yeah. this year, yes. And it was on uh, on the resilient city. So the city of Rotterdam, of course. And it was on several topics, but culture was one of them. Yes, and in the interview, he will tell you everything about resilience and but, cultural resilience. But talking about cultural resilience, we also have two superheroes this month. Yes, and two women, actually. It's Siobhan Berger and Faye Allen from Artenders. So let's get started with our guest, Jan Peter Balken. And I'm so excited. Here we go. Okay, good afternoon. We're going to talk about alternative facts, which is our section when we st- ask our guest a question, which can be answered by a simple yes or, or no. no. And the first one is, Rotterdam is the resilient city of Europe. Yes. Without culture, there is no basis for human communication. Yes. Being the Dutch prime minister is the coolest job in the world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Culture is the main reason that Rotterdam is gearing up in all the rankings. Uh, let's say yes. I have to make some comments about it. Yeah, but sure. I think the next one is no. no. But <laughs> 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 there is no better car than an electric one. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, uh, welcome to our podcast. Uh, you've been talking about resilience. Can you give us a brief uh, introduction to resilience? What is resilience? Resilience uh, in the definitions is the ability of a system to cope constantly with change. And it's a bit abstract, but we are confronted now with many uh, new developments. We talk about the new economy, the concept of the new city. Uh, We talk about an age of disruption. That means we have new technologies, but also complete new ideas. And if you're confronted with all these new developments, new ideas, new technologies, then the question is how can you cope with those new developments? And if you are able to cope with them, then you can be strong, you can be future-oriented. But if you're not able to cope with it, then you will get difficulties. All right. Um, you have many hats uh, every day. You, you wear many hats in yeah. many different companies. And you're the head of the International Advisory Board. And yeah. when we start off, before, before we start off with... Uh, explaining what cultural uh, resilience is. Can you please explain us or give it a brief introduction yeah. of the Internet uh, International Advisory Board yeah. for the listener? The International Advisory Board of Rotterdam exists already more than 15 years. And the idea was that we uh, should invite people from abroad with their knowledge about city development to reflect on the future of Rotterdam. So we've had uh, discussions about Rotterdam and sustainability. We've had discussions about climate initiative. Uh, We have been talking about the communication around the city. What about city marketing? We've been talking about social projects. What about people who are in difficulties? We've uh, had discussions about how to connect people with the city. Uh, We've had discussions about the economic profile of the city. So all these things are on our agenda. And of course, you can uh, have reflections by people in the city itself. But we've said, no, no, let's 
take benefit of the expertise and knowledge from people from other parts of the world. So we have people from Vancouver, from the United States, from Singapore, from European countries. And I think it's always good to have this dialogue with different people. It makes you stronger. So they get all the input from all different cities, all different yeah. cultures, all yeah. different parts of the world, yeah. like Asia, yeah. North America, Africa, yeah. and combine them in, in one board. Yeah. And how they uh, see and how they consider Rotterdam. And it's fascinating. Sometimes it's all a surprise. We had a man from Washington, and then he said, now I want to see the real poor part of Rotterdam. <laughs> and then he went to Rotterdam South, because the, you have difficulties over there, yeah. let's be honest. But he said this. I live there. Yeah, no, <laughs> then you know better than I do. And, and then he said, oh, but this is incomparable. Why are you complaining? This is middle class. <laughs> yeah, but if you exactly. compare such a part of the city with the part of the cities in, in, in Washington, D.C., for example, yeah, then you can see that in any case, we are busy with uh, renovating houses, doing our utmost to have the right policy. Uh, so th also this type of reflection is really good. When you have people from Singapore, uh, it's very interesting to see how they think about Rotterdam because Singapore uh, has been organized in a fantastic way. Uh, and how they think about architecture, it's, it's really helpful. It's a totally different perspective. Yeah, you have th I think this always enriches your life. Uh, take benefit of the knowledge of others. So, and that's also, that also uh, is helpful when we talk now about culture. All right. Because we asked you at Alternative Facts, like culture is the main reason that Rotterdam is gearing up in all the yeah. rankings, like the New York Times put yeah. Rotterdam in the second place for yeah. uh, must visit cities. Yeah. And actually, I think you, you put it so there in a note on there, like um, that there's a note in there saying yes. But yeah. I think that <coughs> you could explain that note. Yeah. Well, I asked the next, qu the next question, and that's actually a question that is actually uh, gearing up with me f during this day, this resilience day here yeah. at CIC. And that is, why does a city like Rotterdam need this form of cultural resilience? Yeah. Um, talking about of culture, I think uh, you can see now the benefits of uh, becoming more and more stronger in the field of culture. Uh, the fact that you have the building, the market hall, uh, with the roof, with the big painting, mm -hmm. that attracted a lot of attention. It led to positive publicity and it led also to tourists. This is a clear example. Is this the only story? No, it's not the only story. Uh, because it's the combination of all domains. It's about economic vitality. Are there jobs for people? Is there a culture of innovation? Uh, is there a safe area that people can walk around in a secure way? Um, what about education? So if you talk about the quality of life in a city, there are different domains. But if you talk about profiling the city, uh, an image, uh, the fact that people uh, have a memory. When I was in Rotterdam, I've seen, and then you can mention examples, we've seen the market hall, we've seen the Erasmus Bridge, we've seen, mm -hmm. and uh, called the other examples. The other thing is also that um, we've seen that in the central station. Um, let's say more than 10 years ago, it was a no-go area. Like especially yeah. the backside of it. Yeah, of course. And when you're there, at this moment, you can see things have changed. You can't it's go totally there different. anymore. It's totally different. It's not so comparable. <coughs> it's no. comparable. And I must say, that gives me hope. Um, I also mentioned today the Erasmus Bridge. So in fact, it started with a bridge connecting different parts of the city. But if you see what's happening now, it's also a cultural phenomenon. The bridge, the landmark of Rotterdam. It's connected parts of the city and you can see it led to the development of the Kop van Zuid and uh, Kaatendrecht. Mm -hmm, yeah. And you can see people are proud of such an area. 
So and I've noticed tourists are actually yeah. taking the bridge, not the the, the subway, but taking yeah. the bridge, walking the bridge yeah. to experience yeah, the bridge. Exactly. So it, it's it, an experience it, on its own. I could fully agree. It's about the experience, yeah. and um, therefore I think that uh, Rotterdam is attractive. On the other hand, if you're in Asia, if you see city development over there, my God, you can—it's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's be proud what we have. The building, the Rotterdam, uh, designed by Ram Kolhaas, is the biggest uh, building in uh, Europe. When we talk about the surface mm-hmm. of the, the building, it's great. We will have the highest building in, uh, that will be built in Rotterdam of the Benelux. These are beautiful examples, and I like it. But it's not only, let's say, the architecture, the buildings. It's also about the story no. of the city. Uh, storytelling is important. What's the narrative of the city? And what I noticed uh, when we had our meetings, uh, it's so good to talk with people with their views on the city, how they can set the culture in Rotterdam, how they can set the diversity in the in the city. So I think if you are able to cope with uh, diversity and you can take you can take benefit of it. I enjoyed really the presentation of these young guys with their views. And sometimes mm-hmm. it can be irritating and sometimes you can disagree, but that's not yeah. the point. It's their story. Mm-hmm. And when you have uh, the ability to talk with others about how they think about it, that gives a much better understanding. Mm-hmm. That's one. The second point is, uh, how can you lay connection between, let's say, the big institutions mm-hmm. uh, and the grassroots? It's also interesting. And um, we are busy now with uh, thinking about how can we strengthen the profile of the city. And uh, culture is not just saying we organize these meetings, we have these museums. No, uh, culture has to do with a mindset. And it is it's, it's really good to talk about how can you lay connections. Let me give another example. At the beginning of this year, we had a meeting with a lot of entrepreneurs. So the Employees Association, d- together with others, they organized in the Maritime Museum a meeting about culture. To me, it was fantastic to see that business people showed their interest in culture. That's good. Uh, if you talk about education, universities, uh, schools, etc., it's important that you can lay connection with cultural institutions. And that enriches the city. Mm-hmm. So if I've, if I've listened to this story correctly, we could say culture is the connection between people uh, and the city yep. and cultures and ethnic backgrounds. Yeah. And yeah, it's a very good question. Businesses. Because there, are, there are different dimensions. You can have a connection because you work in Rotterdam. Exactly. Yeah. You can say, I have a connection because I use public transport in Rotterdam. Uh, you can say I'm connected with the city because my sk- uh, my kids are on s- uh, are on schools, but <laughs> culture has a different meaning. That's much deeper, and uh, I'm glad that people discover more. If you want to talk about the culture of your city, what does it mean? What is culture all mm-hmm. about? Um, what are the practical consequences? And that's the reason why we've said, well, uh, let's talk with the International Advisory Board about those uh, components. Mm. Isn't that culture is also like an inspirational source for a lot yeah. of people with together with mobility? Yeah. Like if yeah. you're from Zealand, yeah. uh, Zeeland, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my girlfriend is as well. So <laughs> I'm. <laughs> uh, I also yeah. liked your example of yeah. uh, of. Ze is Vlaanderen uit Beveland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke. Uh, only you, you can joke. only you can no. only yeah. understand yeah. if you were here today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I like but like if you ca- if you're from Z- uh, from Zeeland yeah. and you go to Rotterdam, then you then you can really get inspired by by Rotterdam. And I think yeah. like the most places like an hour away from Rotterdam yeah. from. Zeeland's yeah. perspective uh, isn't the culture in a city like Rotterdam and also for a city like Amsterdam yeah. or whatever isn't this a big inspirational source for people to keep on going and keep on yeah. Yeah, adapting like if the definition of resilience is adapting to yeah. change like yeah. isn't culture the one of the main drivers within that I think it's a very very good remark because you are um, mentioning the word inspiration and in today's world, I have the conviction that it is more and more about how to inspire people. 
And if you are talking about doing business today, I'm active in the business sector. Today, it's about having new ideas for your company. It's a way of how can we lay connection between sustainability, for example, and our business model. So it's not business as usual. And, and therefore, um, you have to let inspire yourself by others. And that's also the reason why companies have these reflection days. What I notice is that m uh, more moral aspects are on the agenda. For example, if you have a company, in, uh, in early days we talked about we are uh, producing products, we're selling them, mm -hmm. we are making profit. This is the traditional way of thinking. Mm -hmm. Today it's also what is the legacy of our company? How is do we contribute to society? Is that the influence of the millennials? That, that's that's one of the factors, but uh, it, it, it's more than that. It's also the fact that on a global scale, we are talking about what is the purpose mm -hmm. of our company? What are our goals? What are our values? What are we leaving when, when I was in uh, Japan, I spoke with a lot of companies already in 2009, and I noticed that those companies were constantly referring to the values of the company. Many of these companies, they have a family character. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, they are saying, how can we use these age-old thoughts and these ideas for contemporary business? So values are on the agenda. And what I notice more and more is that uh, in business sector, it's from value-based to values-based. That's what you can see. And therefore, inspiration is really key. Um, I always uh, recommend also businesses to um, uh, invite others to reflect on the company. Sometimes it's good to let people talk from the cultural sector. How do you think about a company? Or it can also be an architect. If you talk with astronauts, a complete other dimension. Mm -hmm. If you talk about sustainability, talk with an astronaut because they have been outside the world and they have their views on the planet. So these all these things have to do with inspiration. That's one point I, I would like to underline. The other one is it's really key to talk about new ideas uh, because um, we are living in a time of disruption, uh, new business models, new products. Everything is changing. So how come that startups are so popular? That counts for Rotterdam, counts for other places. Uh, that has to do with the fact that we need new views. I spoke with the CEO and the CFO of the Port of Rotterdam and both said we are interested in startup activities. And why? Because our business model is changing. Mm -hmm. And if we're not innovative, we will lose in the longer run. That's the reason why they, have, they show their personal interest in, uh, in um, uh, startups. I think this is good, but it's about yeah. new ideas. Very interesting, very interesting. Before we uh, go up to, uh, we go f to the next question and round this up. Um, just out of curiosity, what is on the agenda for the International Advisory Board? What is the next subject? Yeah, we have uh, this year two subjects on our agenda. The first is culture, and the second one, the more practical one, is acquisition. Okay. Um, usually, we have the uh, International Advisory Board and is busy with the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. What about policy making? What about policy steps? Uh, these things are on the agenda, the more broader dimension. And we've said that this year we have now had many of these reports. Let's do something completely different. That has to do with the fact focus on culture. The other one was work together with the representatives of all the different cultural groups and entities here in Rotterdam. So that's helpful. So um, when we have the meetings of the International Advisory Board, it has been prepared well with different working groups. So we try to engage a lot of people. And when we've written our report, of course, we will communicate uh, it with the, the same groups. And we really hope that uh, this will lead to a new impulse for culture in Rotterdam, for strengthening the profile. And we said, well, the goal should be we must make a culture hotspot of Rotterdam. Yeah, exactly. Nice. And well, that actually is a nice bridge for my last question. <laughs> yeah. And that's more of a personal question. 
what is your uh, what are your favorite cultural hotspots here in Rotterdam? <laughs> it's difficult to say. Uh, I like the Kunsthal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like also made by Rem Kohlhaas, by the way. Yeah, I, I like the work of Rem Kohlhaas. I, I attended several times his uh, studio. Um, but it's more than that. It's also just galleries. Um, uh, I opened uh, a gallery here in, in this neighborhood, and I was impressed. Um, it was good. I said, why do you have this gallery here in Rotterdam? He said, well, because we f- believe that Rotterdam has so many new opportunities. That's the reason why we started our investment uh, here. Another thing what I really like is, and that we had that experience during the meetings uh, we had in April with the International Advisory Board, just the meeting with the grassroots, people who are in darker phase and in and, and, and poorer parts of the city, yeah. and just listen to well, how they think about the city and culture. So this is, a, a, let's say, a broader answer to your question, but there are different domains. It's not only a matter of let's go to the big locals, mm-hmm. uh, but they are great. Boyensburg is very, really nice to be there, but it's much more than that. And I think what we can do now is uh, try to understand what is happening in the city uh, about culture. Why are people interested in Rotterdam? Um, I think a lot of people do not even know the richness of this uh, the city. So do we need to know why to attract more people? I think that if you are an interesting city, that attracts people. Uh, you're completely right uh, when you said earlier that uh, people are coming to Rotterdam because of the publicity in the New York Times and other magazines and other newspapers about such as uh, things like uh, the Market Hall. This is just an example. And I think if we have the right publicity, if we can give the right arguments, if we can show uh, the strong features of Rotterdam, that will really strengthen the position of the city. And I think the good thing is that wherever you are, I mentioned in my uh, uh, storytelling this evening, also my experience now in Singapore, you can see that people are proud of the new National Gallery. It's there now for two years. Mm. And it's really helpful. you, You need also those institutions. And the good thing of Rotterdam is that we have those fantastic institutions, but also we have much more. And we want to bring this all to a higher level. That's our goal. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much. We will uh, keep an eye out for the International Advisory Board and what okay. they will do in the next uh, coming years. Yep. Thank you again. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. I was pretty honored to have a former prime minister in our studio. Lorenzo. Actually, I'm pretty proud to have him here standing at this table, the ex-prime minister. Uh, but we have two other guests in this episode. Uh, let's go to our superhero, our two superheroes of the month, two women, actually. As we said, Siobhan and Faye, two gorgeous women from Rotterdam that serve art for business. Yes, they can explain that much better. Exactly. Welcome, uh, Faye Allen, and welcome, Siobhan Burger. Um, let's dive right in, in this uh, part of superhero of the month. We have we got two superheroes now. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about your company and the work you do? Well, uh, Art Tenders connects art with business, and we specialize in uh, applied arts integ- integrated into uh, architecture, like in area development and real estate. And well, Siobhan, you can add something to that. Uh, we also use uh, art in, for example, office spaces to enhance branding, uh, which we did here uh, located in CIC. Where we are now. Where we are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we use the creativity of the artist to actually add to a brand experience or uh, a region or an area. All right. Cool. Um, so how do you contribute? Because this, this, episode, of this, this episode of Lunchtime is about resilience and uh, in specific cultural resilience and we already had a introduction uh, of 
uh, Jan-Peter Balkenende, ex-prime minister and uh, uh, chairman of the board of uh, International Advisory Board uh, earlier about cultural resilience and what resilience is. But how do you contribute to uh, the uh, resilience with your company, Cultural Resilience in Rotterdam? Well, it's cultural resilience in Rotterdam is oftentimes focused on, for example, water management or sustainability. Uh, but one of the characteristics of resilience is that you need to be able to adjust uh, to a changing field or changing circumstances. Uh, and for that, you need creativity. Uh, but you also need um, uh, people to understand what you're working for, your goals. Uh, you need to be able to explain uh, that in, a, in, a, in, in an easy way. Uh, and actually what we do on a daily basis is we use art and culture uh, to achieve those goals and to use creativity um, to challenge people to look at the world from a different perspective. In spaces, for example, like an office? Which in spaces, for example, like an office, but this can also f be, uh, for example, what we now just saw in here in the city of Rotterdam is that they uh, worked on safety with um, uh, anti-terrorism um, things. Mm -hmm. um, and th those are... Um, Do you have an example of that? Uh, there's a very big flower pots throughout the city uh, that actually prevent buses from yeah. driving Getting into spaces. It's crazy actually that we have to think about that. Yeah, but, but that's a totally different story. But yeah, but it is. It's it's something that you interact with on a daily basis, and it's something that can be very aggressive in public space. Yeah, uh, create can create a very hostile environment. Uh, but by designing those things in a different way or uh, using art to make it. Uh, aesthetically pleasing instead of hostile, mm -hmm. uh, you can actually add to the experience of a city yeah. um, so it's a in very a very different way. Yeah, so it's a very friendly um, uh, solution to a very aggressive uh, thing. Yeah. 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 You're always looking for crossovers. And yeah. do, you have, do you have some more examples of what you guys did in Rotterdam? Um, um, well, yeah, well, one of the most known or renowned projects, I think, is the Market Hall, uh, which we uh, worked on the, the ceiling of the, the Market Hall, which, yeah, well, it's a modern icon. So uh, that's a very good example towards our clients to show what art can do or how art can impact a city. For the listener, it's a little bit comparable with the 16th uh, cap chapel in uh, in Rome, but but <laughs> <laughs> but then totally different with yeah. fruit. <laughs> yes, yes, the scale is uh, is uh, bizarre, and it's one of the biggest uh, art projects cool. I think we've worked on. Maybe yeah. Well, there's some other things in our pipeline now, but uh, so that's one of the the projects you, you can uh, know us from. Um, other projects are the uh, Amsterdam Ursu project in, in Amsterdam. Uh, it's a passage from uh, uh, the Damrak to the Kalverstraat, so it's very inner city. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, yeah, inspired by the Russian, uh, the Moscow metro, uh, metros, which are also very decorative into art. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. But the, the, the thing with our, because we're, uh, since we're the heroes of the day, we're starting entrepreneurs of the month. Of yeah. the month. Oh, Actu oh my god! Actually, <laughs> um, and uh, especially in the uh, the field that we work in, there's a very long trajectory in projects because we do a lot in real estate development. Um, so when we start off with a project two years ago, we might not even be able to tell some something about that today uh, because everything is still in development. Uh, but we're working on some very cool projects here in the city, but <laughs> we're not allowed to tell uh, cool. about that yet. 
But I think it's very interesting for the for the artists as well because artists aren't the most commercial uh, commercial people ever. So it's hard to sell their uh, sell their art Product. or their products to a to a to a big corporate. Um, so you are the chain between the artist and the and the corporate or any other company. Any yeah, any client. Yeah. So w- so what we do is we translate the inquiry of a client. Uh, which can be a very practical inquiry based on office design, for example, but also a much more general request uh, based on uh, safety experience, using yeah. the example that I uh, that I talked about before. Uh, and we define that inquiry into a very uh, clear design brief that an artist can work with. Yeah. Uh, but we also really steer that artist um, towards meeting the question of the client. Uh, because there's oftentimes a very a big gap in between uh, interpretation and actually the the actual question that there is, uh, and we re- we really make sure that that question is being answered by uh, mm-hmm. collaborating with an artist. So let's say you get a briefing of a company. They say, okay, we want to do something with this space or with this thing, um, and you find and select the artist which you think would uh, accompany accompany that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, first we try to broaden their vision because they only think in walls or like a certain framework and we try to tell them like, no, let's look at a different uh, canvas. Yeah. Let's make it a bit more, uh, well, bigger actually. Look at your lighting, look at uh, maybe the, the space where you uh, invite the people. It can add to so many other things than just uh, the aesthetics of a wall. And I think for uh, for us, one of the most exemplary uh, projects that we did is is the bathroom here at CIC, uh, because there was a small part of the budget that was still uh, not allocated towards something specific, uh, and we actually tried to convince CIC that they really had to invest in uh, making their bathrooms an experience. Yeah. Uh, so they could actually, um, yeah, reach their marketing. Uh, goals, for example, by using their bathrooms, well, actually, uh, which is something that is that is very inconvenient. Yeah, uh, and they were looking at us like <laughs> crazy. Uh, but here, but now it, it actually helps. So when people enter that bathroom, they're mind blown. Uh, yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, every time I'm, uh, I have to I have to be honest. Every time I'm a little bit down, I go to the bathroom <laughs> and I'm I'm up there again. Um, walk for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it's cool. really cool. It's really yeah. cool. Um, so um, let's get back to the s- subject of resilience. Um, what are your future goals with your company, with our tenders, uh, and how do you think to keep contributing to the to that cultural resilience of the city of Rotterdam? Well, there's actually some um, big redevelopments uh, going on in the city of Rotterdam, um, and we really hope to become an integral part of that. Uh, and not necessarily being asked for something to do something at the end of the process, uh, but really uh, look strategically at the beginning of those processes, uh, because it's all about user experience, uh, and you can uh, look at user experience from so many different angles. That oftentimes culture is seen as something that is separate from that instead mm-hmm. of something that is uh, part of that. And if you look at it, um, the Interconnectivity. Yeah, the interconnectivity of those two things at the beginning, you can actually employ art and culture uh, to reach your sustainability uh, goals or to reach your safety goals. Uh, and I think that really requires a different state of mind also on policymaking level. And I think our goal is to really 
fight for that different perspective. Very cool. And I think probably also gets a city to a higher plan or a next level, right? Yeah. The, uh, obviously yeah, that's the goal like we all want to yeah. we all want to walk through the city and be inspired all the exactly. time so thank you thank you you're welcome that's it for the fun yeah leuk was it a bit what you I think that's really interesting to be the chain the, the, the connecting chain between the artists which are not most of the time not that commercial and all the other businesses who want to incorporate art into their business. They understand art and business. Exactly. So that's really interesting. But I have some quick headlines from the news as well. And I'll start off with the first one. Apple introduced an Apple Watch with a built-in LTE module that works through eSIM, which is extremely interesting due to seamless roaming. And why this is interesting is not because of the watch with the phone capabilities, but it's because you can switch over anytime you like without having to switch over a SIM. It's software-based SIM cards. Pretty interesting. Can I finally go hiking without my phone? Of and course. only a watch? Yeah, it, 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 it does do that. Yeah. yeah, cool. In the Netherlands, more and more people are feeding their dogs vegan organic food. Come on. New trend. Whoa. Amazon made an alarm clock, which they call the Echo Spot. And it has an internet connection and a camera in there. Is this the ultimate connection? Is this a smart home essential? Big Brother is watching you. Or is it a spy <laughs> cam? <laughs> Lego opened a house in Denmark. Denmark, of course, the country of Lego. Of course. Um, and it's 12,000 square meters and consists of 25 million bricks of Lego. Can you imagine that, Nick? Talking about Denmark, the Copenhagen wheel is being sent out to customers now. It's, an former, it's a former Kickstarter project and it makes your, uh, your normal city bike into an electric bike. Yeah, uh, which is I really interesting. Yeah, because then we in the smart cities of the future, you need uh, smarter concepts for mobility. Uh, and if you can upgrade your bike easily by adding this wheel, I think it's an interesting product. And I'm interested in how the first people will react to having this uh, this device. So you just replace your wheel with that electric one. Yeah. And then you have an electric call. Then you have a smart electric bike. Oh, that's cool. Paul Newman's Paul Newman Rolex will be auctioned and is estimated to be the most valuable watch in modern history with that said this was season one episode four of launch time uh, with a special thanks to cic for having our studio here absolutely venture cafe for their tremendous support studio three times a day for our cover artwork and of course our guest today Siobhan Berger, faye allen and jan no. peter balkenen